1: Welcome to the drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, taking over for Wesley Euler. Here, Wes will be back uh, from three to six with uh, um, Arthur Moats, yeah, I mean, and then we'll the be, Matt and all. I will be back later in the day. Then to wrap things up with Mike Persuda from six to eight. But right now, you have found the drive from one to three here. And uh, Matt, um, not a lot of uh, Steelers news over the weekend, which isn't necessarily a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, I
2: say I think <laughs> at this point, no news is good news. Right. There's nobody. Uh, getting in trouble off the field, getting released, COVID stuff. So I think quiet is wonderful. Getting hurt. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. any stuff you'd usually worry
1: yeah, about. Yeah, any right. of the bad stuff that you hear in camp. So uh, we did have an opportunity this morning to speak to uh, David DeCastro. Lots of good stuff <clears throat> there from David, and uh, we'll hear that later in the show.
2: Um, I'm excited to hear that. I it sound it sounded like he was pretty open and he uh, yeah, he's he always is yeah huh? he,
1: he is very good. He doesn't he doesn't pull any punches. He and he and Cam Hayward, uh, Marquise Pouncey, uh, those guys when they're talking about team the team in general. Mm-hmm. They don't pull any. They don't feel like they have to hide any of their feelings about this stuff. Like <laughs> that's this. great, it, you know. They're gonna they're gonna let it cut you know loose because you know when you're a good player, you can do that.
2: Right. You have job security, and you have, a, leader, you have a you a have high a high standard
1: for yourself for right. everybody around you, and and he didn't pull any punches either with the team or himself. So. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. It's yeah, like it's good legal. stuff. To share with that, folks. Yeah, um, I you know one of the things about doing everything via zooms is that you kind of try to have to find some stuff outside the box.
2: I would think. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to do it. Your whole job has been turned on its head.
1: So this weekend, I, I was sitting I was sitting on my couch, and, and um, I can't remember how or why. It might have been a comment in one of my uh, stories that I wrote, and somebody asked me how or what's the expectation for Chase Claypool this year. Hmm, okay. And I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, with that size-speed combo, who are some guys that he compares to that have come out in recent years? And so, I, I did a, I did a search. I, okay. you can, if you go to Pro Football Reference.
2: They got so much stuff there. It's you
1: can break the draft on. So, I went back 10 years. Okay. Found some similar. Guys with the same size. Okay. Same speed. Same weight.
2: Height-weight-speed.
1: Height-weight-speed okay. combo. And can't be many. It, there aren't many. Okay, so in the last 10 years, guys who are either at least 6'3". Okay.
2: Who, I, see, I was wondering what your parameters would be. Who are
1: t- 225 or more pounds, or okay. 220 more pounds, I, I put. But I kept it at 225 because. I mean, he's
2: like a heavyweight wrestler, so you just take this number yeah. above. You know, right.
1: And then they also, so I went and I looked at the top the guys who ran the fastest at the at the NFL scouting combine at that's okay. at that size and speed at the wide receiver and tight end in position. receivers, you weren't looking at. I looked at tight ends, ends, ends as well. Oh, okay. Um so obviously DK Metcalf last year. That makes perfect sense, sure. 6'3" 228 ran a 433. Three, uh-huh. Uh 40 and a half inch vertical. Wow. Um <laughs> I mean,
2: uh, yeah. uh, his three cone his change of direction stuff wasn't good. But no, I mean, you have he's still you,
1: pretty yeah. You had Julio Jones but he's 6'3" 220. Yeah, so a little count lighter in there, but still, yeah, about right. 15 pounds lighter than wow, what Chase. Big played gap in the yeah. years though. Um, that's 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Floyd in 2012, 6'3", 220, ran a four four thirty six and a half vertical. Julio, by the way, had a thirty eight and a half vertical. Okay, okay.
2: And Floyd, I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, alcohol related issues derailed his career. Yeah, he I mean, was. Like, a, that's well. Known. He was a
1: fir- Okay, so Metcalf was a second round pick, last pick of the second round in a very deep receiver in lines, a very deep I might, class. I will, yeah. I will Man. Julio is a first-round pick, the sixth overall pick. And they traded up a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Floyd was the 13th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Evan Ingram.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I bet Ingram on the list. 6'3", right.
1: 234. So, actually, Claypool's bigger than Ingram. Bigger than Ingram, right. He ran a four First-round pick. 36-inch vertical jump, 19 reps on the bench. He was a 23rd pick in the draft. Miles Boykin.
2: Former with, teammate. With, a teammate. Gamer, huh?
1: Now, he's 6'4", 220, so he's more Julio-like. Okay. Than he is Claypool. Claypool's a little thicker. Yeah, Claypool's a, actually a lot thicker, Notice like 20 that. pounds yeah, thicker. Wow. Uh, but he ran a 4.42, four yeah. uh, four, four 43 and a half inch vertical, which is outstanding. Yeah, only 12 reps on the bench though, so he he got some work Long-arm to do. Long arm guy, yeah. I don't care. You know, yeah. right?
2: 20, 220
1: pound guy. And then you have Claypool. Those are the top six That's guys it. in the last 10 years. Wow. Uh, now Boykin was a third round pick mm-hmm. um, of the Ravens last year. Claypool came at, was 6'4", 238, ran a 4'42, 40 40-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, just like, that vertical's just like DK way. Metcalf, right. 19 reps on the bench, just like Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. A tight end. A tight end. Uh, his broad jump was 126. Wow. Uh, that was actually better than Ingram. Yeah, I
2: mean, that's over 10 feet. It's 10 feet 6 inches. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, just an explosive athlete. Obviously, you get him with the 49th pick in the second round. So I, I went I, and I looked at the production. I didn't look at Boykin. From last year, yeah, do much. yeah he, he had like 13 catches last right. year. Even right. though he was a full time starter, they just didn't throw the ball enough for no. for him to be a factor. Uh, but if you look Ingram at had a
2: big rookie year, Who if you, you look
1: at what year, right. Ingram and Metcalf did in their rookie years, those are the cl- two closest comparisons. And okay. uh, so. Ingram, in 2017, had 64 catches for uh, 722 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, I think he stayed played all
2: 16 games. I think he played 15 15? of the 16, okay. yeah. Because injuries have always yeah. derailed him a lot, too.
1: Metcalf last year had 58 catches for 900 yards and seven scores. Interestingly enough, Ingram yeah. and Metcalf played together at Ole Miss.
2: Right, and Claypool <laughs> yeah, and Boykin played at Notre Dame. Yeah,
1: and A.J. Brown was on that team at right. Ole Miss as well.
2: Makes me think recruiting <laughs> might be, have something to do with this.
1: Right. Um, but if you look at Ingram's best season in college came in 2016, his last year in college, he had 65 catches, 926 yards, eight touchdowns. Metcalf's best season in college came in 2017. He was hurt he was almost his entire last season, Brown but he had go over Yeah, he had 39 catches, 646 yards and seven touchdowns. Claypool last year at Notre Dame, 66 catches for 1037 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yeah. Much Board more, pro- yeah. Much more productive college player uh, than either of those two without guys. Without question, without question. So there's some, you know, I, I don't know what kind of chancey or opportunities he's going to get to play.
2: But he brings things to the he table. He brings things to the table. Do.
1: It made me also sit there and think. You know, the Steelers made that pick of Claypool right before the Ravens picked. Yes, could you imagine a guy like Claypool with the Ravens?
2: I would. They would love
1: them. They would have loved him. A blocking receiver like Similar that, to Boykin, but a yeah, better blocker. but a better blocker on right. the edge, a guy who would really help your run game, and oh, by the way, give your quarterback another big target.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Would you, as a as a uh, a coach, would you rather try to game plan against J.K. Dobbins, or would you rather try to game plan against Claypool?
2: Especially when you consider, you know, they're better at running back than they are at receiver too. Yeah. You know, like they needed a receiver more. Than running I think I'd rather
1: Chubb. I'd rather game plan against Dobbins. You can do I, things uh, against a, a running back, even if even if Dobbins becomes a top five running back. Mm-hmm. The Steelers face guys like that. they face Chubb. They face you know sure all the time. They, yeah. yeah, right. You you can do things to take those guys out of the game. What you can't do things to do. It, it's really difficult to match up with that size sure. and the speed combined.
2: Not to mention, I mean, Claypool comes down, blocks on a linebacker, and springs whoever your back is for a long. I mean, the stuff that he doesn't show up in the the box score. I think he's gonna do a lot of. I just wonder if that was if that was part lot. of the
1: the conversation in the Steelers' draft room. Like, okay, we like both of these guys. Mm-hmm. The Ravens probably like both they of these like guys. guys. right. <laughs> Which one do we not want to play against the most?
2: You could. I mean, I hadn't <laughs> thought about it from. You always hear it from the other way around. Like, they got Dobbins. Steelers should take Dobbins. Everyone cries about that, you know. But Harbaugh might have been like, "Damn, I wanted Claypool," you know. He'd been my gunner. He'd been springing they Well, they've, you know, they've, you know. They've, they
1: they've value the the tight end position. You're getting now a wide receiver who's tight end sized. He's really
2: not much different yeah. than Mark Andrews. Right. I like mean, he's – him and his, Mark Andrews' stats
1: – Again, his, he's bigger than Evan Ingram was coming out. Right, right. He's faster than Evan Ingram was coming right. out. He's more athletic than Evan Ingram was coming out. And Evan Ingram was considered, you know, a top five, six, seven tight end he in the league. might
2: block as well as Ingram or Mark Or Andrews. better. Yeah, right, or better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that he would – not that they do. Not that he would line up. With his hand in the dirt next to a tackle. Right, he yeah, that's not going to happen. But you're blocking ends. out on the edge but in, in them, space. in their system, everything's in space, and angles are designed for those guys. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but I bet the Ravens love Claypool. Oh, it, there's – I mean, exactly we, we
1: talk about that every year at the draft. Like, you can see – like, when the, when the draft is happening, there are guys that when the Ravens draft them – there are guys that you liked or we liked uh, for the Steelers that the Ravens draft, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like – they're looking at the same pool of guys because they play a very oh, similar right, – st- right. like
2: And they're trying to beat each other. And I yeah. think they value the same things. And they're two of the elite scouting staffs in the league. Like, how fun would it be 10 years from now, retired, big stogie in hand on a fishing boat, Ozzy and Kevin just kicking <laughs> back going, man, you, I would have taken you beat that, us guy, that right, guy. You beat us to that guy. I got you the next <laughs> round. I know it. You know, like just totally being honest with each other and just you know being retired and saying – I can't believe, you know, Jackson didn't work out. The outside linebacker from Florida State, I was going to take him, too. You know? Yeah. Or, or, you know like, that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, all that stuff, right. Or, boy, I like that kid you took in the fifth round, but I never thought he'd turn into Matthew Judon. Or, you know? Yeah. You know, amazing.
1: So. But it just, it, it, you know, that that thought hit me as after I wrote the story and I'm just sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, well, I bet the Ravens really love Claypool. Mm-hmm. And if the Steelers hadn't, because the Ravens had a pick like four picks later.
2: Yes. That's when they took Dobbins, Yeah, right?
1: that's yeah. when they took Dobbins. I'm like, you know. I wonder know, if
2: they were... Pressed with the decision of Dobbins versus Claypool, who would they have taken?
1: Yeah, it would have been a great guy. Who knows? I mean, yeah,
2: yeah. It'd be nice to get truth serum from those guys and say who would you prefer. They'll never tell you. But They'll never. Yeah. Right. you'll
1: never get that out of the teams. But I, I would be willing to bet that they both valued those those two players very highly, and, mm-hmm. and obviously the Steelers valued Claypool a little bit more. And I'm just made me wonder that maybe they said, "Hey, we don't want to have to play against this kid."
2: Sure. Because yeah, how big do you match up? It, right. How do
1: you match up against that?
2: Like, do you think Joe Hayden's thrilled if Claypool's a Raven? No. <laughs> you know, like, that's no fun. Right. I mean, <laughs> just lining up against him, I mean, as he learns, you just don't play against and Metcalf fits that mold, obviously, yeah. too. It's like, I don't line up against somebody outside the numbers that looks like that. I do once out of 16 games, you know, yeah. per year, maybe. I find somebody. You,
1: that you, you fits, typically you know, see, that's I mean, different. okay, Julio's a, a, a matchup issue. He's yeah. 6'4", he's 220.
2: He's the prototype. yes. Yeah. Andre Johnson. I mean, he's...
1: Those, yeah. guys, those guys are tough to play against. Yeah. Now add 20 pounds to those guys.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: Again, when, when we're talking about how you defend him, you know, he's going to get jammed a lot early. Well, you can try to jam him, but mm-hmm. he's...
2: I mean, some of that's technique that he'll have to work on, yeah. the hand fighting and all that. But, I mean, you could jam him perfectly... And he's going to fight through it and just out muscle. Yeah, if you're a 180
1: pound cornerback, right. right? He's at 60 on. It. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's you know that's a defensive end you know against a tight end.
2: And what's funny is people listen to us probably remember pre-draft. You know, we looked at all the guys we'd take at that spot, and he was right outside. Yeah, you know, for us, so we're not going to you know change our tune. Right. But I will say, which often happens with Steeler picks, is the more homework you do once they're drafted, the more you like them. The things that are on the bottom, the other layers of the onion, you peel back and you find you like. But even then, I very much believe that most receiver years, he's probably the 25th to 35th pick in the draft. Well, I mean, we just went through that. You know, if
1: you look at it, again, Julio Jones, uh, the sixth pick in the first round. Right. Uh, You know, Michael Floyd, the 13th pick in the first round. Evan Ingram, the 23rd pick in the first round. Those Mm -hmm. guys are valued because. Again, and, he, and it's not like he didn't have the production. You, you could see why DK sure. Metcalf fell because of the injury concerns.
2: Yeah, and also, I think most years he goes much higher. Team. Right. That was a great receiver class. Too. And he
1: went with the last pick. He went two picks before Deontay Johnson went. Mm-hmm. So, right at the end of round two. Yeah. Um, he was the ninth receiver pick, Johnson was the, the tenth. Uh, this year, Boykin was the 11th receiver picked. Claypool was, or Claypool. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Claypool was the 11th receiver picked. And
2: that makes sense because it was a great receiver class. It was a right.
1: great receiver class, and you know there were just you know, again you could look at well he just had the one year of production. He was a he was a a four se- a four year contributor, but he mm-hmm. had the one season of of real you know production because he was fighting. probably didn't help his cause in the yeah. draft eyes you know sure. But man, I, you know I, I just he's I, still pretty rare. You know, even guys like a Darren Waller, for example, is on that list at number ten. Um, now he took went six. It took him a while. He had some off-field right, right, issues, right. Uh, but again, six, six, 238. So he's two inches taller than Claypool, but the same weight coming same out. Weight.
2: Uh, I bet Mike Evans isn't much different. I mean, he's thinner. He looks more like a receiver, but I mean, he's you know in that neighborhood. I bet he's two thirty-ish. So. He didn't run
1: know. quite as well. He ran a four five three. Yeah, he didn't run as well. Six That's five two thirty-one. Okay. But he doesn't play slow. He doesn't play no. He doesn't <laughs> right. play slow. And he was a first, he was a seventh overall pick in the draft. Yeah, he like, was an early pick too. Teams value those guys that you know. Yes, uh, you don't typically get a guy who has that size and speed combination. Like by late no means do I
2: think Claypool runs routes or comes out of breaks or changes direction like Julio. I mean, like Julio's as good a receiver prospect as you'll find. But I think he does that better. Than when we saw Metcalf coming out of school, yes, you know what I mean, and and Metcalf wasn't for everyone for that reason. They had the locket to do that. They want Metcalf to be the down the field guy, down the field yeah, dude, guy. You just run, yeah. And if the play breaks down, keep going, and Russell will buy time, and he'll find you. We don't have anybody that looks like you. Nobody's anybody that looks like you. But I think Claypool at least is in that conversation yes. now. You know, yeah, right now. Right now. You know, right. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, I, from what I've seen of him. On the the videos that the Steelers have yeah, we put out, that, yeah, right. uh, catches the ball well with his hands. Doesn't let the Clean, ball get into yeah. his body, which is a big thing. Sure. Um, you see that with a lot of the the bigger receivers. Plexico Burris did that, mm-hmm. um, especially early in his career. He got better at it as he stayed in the league longer, catching with his hands. Uh, Martavis Bryant was a body catcher for the most yeah, part. Yeah, he was, he was. You know, the, you, you don't want that. Negates your size.
2: You just gain so much more. Yeah. you can pluck it well over your head. Away from your body, have that strong that hands catch radius hands is huge, hands, right? Absolutely. So yeah, and it's also that split second longer for the corner to come break it up,
1: right? You know. So yeah, I, I he's I, intrigued, very interested. I, I it just uh, you know dawned on me as I was sitting there looking at this kid. I'm like, wow, I'll, I'll bet you the Ravens really
2: liked him. Probably. Yeah. So I mean, uh, he, uh, supposedly, and it sounds like it's true just from being around, you know, hearing him since he's been in town. Work ethic, intelligence, those toughness, those things aren't questions, they're strengths. Yeah. And
1: he was a special team star. How so many tackles did he have in the...
2: <laughs> I should remember, I don't. 14, maybe? I was 29. 29, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know that. I said it 4,000 times.
1: A bunch. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more uh, Steelers training camp. So there's some... Uh, there's some Uh, intriguing information coming out of college football, and I want to talk about this when we come back. Uh, We'll see if, if they're going to have a season or not. Obviously, that would affect a lot of things. We'll talk about that. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Matt, um, news came over the weekend that uh, the Power Five football conferences are, are, are held at emergency meetings. There are commissioners and presidents over the weekend talking about the potential of not playing football in the fall, moving everything to the spring. The MAC did has already made that move. Right. Um
2: I think several of the smaller conferences. Yeah, a lot of the smaller
1: right. conferences uh but the MAC was the first, you know, Division 1 to pull the program to do it. it. The rest have been, you know, the 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 Ivy League things like that.
2: Right, right, they'd canceled, right? No, yeah. yeah.
1: Um this is, you know, we've already seen a bunch of star players in college opt out Right. Including uh, Pitts' uh, Jalen Twyman over the weekend. Yeah, he's considered yeah. a first-round draft pick. Uh, the kid from Penn State, Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's a big Another first right ra- pro- Yeah, prospect, another right. first-round uh, prospect. But the top guys out. are opting out. Yeah, yeah, and I think if college football does this, if they move the season to the spring, we're going to see wholesale opt-outs of oh, players. Oh, so, yeah. Right. Because they're just not going to want to – guys who are going to be entering the draft, if you're a senior – uh, or you're a guy who you know, if you're a senior who's just playing football and you don't think you're going to get drafted, mm-hmm. or maybe I think you play and you just play
2: and see what. Maybe put some really good tape. Together yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe it comes together for you.
2: Maybe the running back ahead of you opted out. And you right. a Shot. Now yeah, you got a you know, shot. You do some people it will open opportunities for people too. But
1: the guys who are thinking, okay, this is it for me. This is my last year, and then I'm going to the NFL. Which, to be quite honest, probably sixty percent of those players think they're going to the NFL, even though that's not the case.
2: Right. But some of them know they are. Yeah, some of them be successful, right? But they know that they're. They know be that they're. Yeah,
1: that's point. why they're in college. That's why right. they're doing this. They're not going to go out and, and and play in February and March. No way. Knowing that they could, you know, if they get hurt. They're, got, they're not going to get drafted.
2: They're not going to get drafted. They have very little time to train for combines and 40s and wonderlicks and all the sit-downs. Let stuff. alone
1: the beating that you're going to put your body through in a year.
2: It's Yeah, that's foolish. I, mean, I, I often say the hardest year of any pro player's career is the second you go to camp your last year of college up until your first rookie it's season Twelve ends, consecutive
1: months of football training.
2: Something that yeah. They're used to having time off. This would be even more vigorous in that, yeah, you'd be, quote, off now, but you'd still be working out. But the second you started your spring ball, which is you know the regular season, you're playing for real, and then you go right into a bigger season. Like, yeah. And, hey, you sprain an ankle that you miss a month. Well, that costs you three rounds in the draft because you're not going to be there for camp. You know, like, there, there
1: are hundreds ah. of thousands of dollars on the line, and, and not, not in salary, mm-hmm. but certainly in signing bonuses.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just
1: if I'm that guy, and okay, I'm I'm a I'm pretty much assured of being a second or third round draft pick.
2: Right. Maybe if I'd have been back, I could have gotten the top. I could
1: have. Maybe I'm. Yeah. Maybe I move into that first round. But you know what? I'm okay with that because if I go out and get hurt, now all of a sudden, maybe I'm a sixth round draft pick Mm -hmm. or a seventh round draft pick, or maybe I don't get drafted at all. I'm sitting
3: out.
2: Oh, I'm sitting out. Yeah. I mean, if I think that I'm a. Day one or two pick and have good information telling me that I sit out. Of course, these poor kids didn't have the the benefit of going into last year, which would have been. Their they final didn't have
1: spring season.
2: ball. No, right. You no, know, that too. But I'm talking about the the last tape that they gave us to evaluate. They didn't know that was their last tape, so right. maybe some of them wouldn't have played through the ankle when they looked slower, or would have been out there when they shouldn't have. But or maybe they life, just but, you, you know, know
1: they had they had somebody blocking their way. I mean, we talked about sure. Chase Claypool. If Chase Claypool cut, were, were going into this year as his last year in college, the last tape you saw of him was ca- him catching about thirty passes behind Boykin, but, yeah, and, right. as the number two guy.
2: Right, that's a good point. There's no way he's a top fifty pick. Right, he's he he'd f- go to the combine and do those exact things, and, and people would, would
1: say, help. "Well, he did not have," you know, "we didn't see that on tape."
2: Right, because he has not a year. The his, production his wasn't year there. That he was supposed to, you know, blow up. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. But again. It's similar to a theme we keep bringing up, too. I keep looking from a scouting perspective of, you know, that, okay, I I got extra time to work on these kids that opted out. I did all kinds of homework. I called their grade school teacher. I called everybody. (laughs) And I really feel familiar with them, even though they haven't been in my building or I've watched as much football. Boy, he really did play with an injury last year. He's more explosive than that. But it's also the Lev Bell thing, too. Like, you've been away from football a long time. You know, like... What's Trent Williams going to look like this year? You know, well, think of working? think of
1: it this way too. Okay, uh, for example, the Ravens drafted Patrick Queen in the first round this year. Right, Patrick Queen in his sophomore year because he came out as a junior. Mm-hmm. His sophomore year, he was behind Devin White.
2: Right. Of he course. barely played. Right, right, right.
1: He had he was a one year starter. Or Mitch Trubisky was a one-year one year starter. starter and he been the these are there. yeah, these are guys that went in the first round who are mm-hmm. one year starters in college that
2: And you don't even hold it against a one of those Bama wide receivers no, absolutely or those new linebackers. Right. You know, I mean there's just so much talent there. Your turn comes, you take it. Well they didn't get their turn. You know? Yeah. And then there's even guys like Trey Lance is the stud quarterback at North Dakota State, Carson Wentz's school, and that school is not going to play fall ball. So I'm reading already, you know, he wants to transfer, but that was before this news came out this weekend. Like, he was hoping to get to LSU or one of these type of schools to play one more year. That may not happen for him, you know. So and my, my question, too, is
1: mind. how long is this college season going to last? Mm-hmm. When are they going to start it, and when would it end? Because the draft's in April.
2: Maybe it's an eight-game schedule, something like that.
1: Okay, but you're still—are you still going to have playoffs? you still going to bowl games. you still going to have something like that. All that stuff. to be a national champion of some sort. Is, is that going to take place before the draft is held?
2: Has to. I don't know. Maybe not. Is the
1: is the NFL then going to have to move its draft back,
2: or have two of them? Th-
1: we're ha- well i don't know that you can have two of them though right. because how are you going to do that how do you figure out the draft order right. and how does that change i mean you're going to have obviously they didn't do a supplemental draft this year because i think they realized that if they did a lot of guys they would have you know 50 guys in a supplemental draft
2: looking back maybe they should have
1: they probably should have because right. uh, you know travis
2: but, atn would have been on the cardinals right now
1: but again then rough. you're then you're kind of you know this this rookie class becomes a huge rookie class Too big. Too big. It becomes too too big. big. You don't have room for all those guys.
2: No, not to mention the guys that would have been rookies this year that didn't quite get a fair shake that are hoping to come back. And it's going to be an influx. And it makes you wonder, too. Like, I mean, weird things like down the road when all of them become free agents in four years or five years, like it's going to be a tidal wave then. It's going to be massive cap implications. Should the draft be 10 rounds this year? I them. mean Kevin Colbert yeah, uh, you know like that, tried right? to
1: try to get them to add some rounds to the draft just because of it because mm-hmm. you know to do that um, you know teams that have draft picks stocked up
2: all those supplementary picks are going to or comp picks and stuff are going to be worth a little more Yeah you would think that maybe the picks at the top of the draft are worth less than usual though cuz you just don't know as much as you usually do like boy I watched Andrew Luck for all these years I know exactly what he is There's
1: going to be a guy there're going to be guys in the draft next year who are going to be let's say they were a red shirt sophomore okay and you you're, you're able to enter the draft as a redshirt sophomore you're three years out of out yeah, of high school, of school. Th- who have no tape whatsoever.
2: There will be zero tape on some of them right
1: You saw them maybe maybe you saw them play some special teams right as a but they were highly they were highly rated guys coming out in high school. And or one
2: th- those Bama receivers that's – Yeah, We're, we got buried, buried behind, in, yeah, you know.
1: buried behind some stars. And, and it's going to happen, I guarantee but it. I mean,
2: if that guy comes out, that's a foolish. you can I mean, you still have two more years you can go back and at least put tape We together. say
1: that, you know, but at the same time, if you're those players, the other part of the equation here is, are you going to want to play a college season in the spring – Ever. And then come around and play a fall season <laughs> – uh, that's gonna, much harder you're going to play and, you're going to play 20 games uh, 22 games 25 yeah, well, however many yeah, games it play is play
2: a preseason and right yeah
1: I think in, in a year never. in a year
2: right the only people that and they could benefit is if all the studs opt out and we have spring college football the next lineup will get a shot you know Claypool. or you know some mm-hmm. of the but again you're line. you're
1: opening yourself up to those injuries right it's and just, I'd be
2: less apt to take that guy <laughs> like, I, might take him, I might ding him around for playing this year because by the time he gets here, he's going to be worn out.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what the, the fallout from this is going to be.
2: So, okay, let's say we're in the war room and we're watching a left tackle, whatever. And we grade him an 8, whatever. We, you know, we'll call him a B plus, whatever you want to call him. And he sits and that's off his tape from a year ago. Right. He decides I'm not coming back. Okay, and we like his medicals. We've talked to the kid. We like all that.
1: Well, you're going to have medicals.
2: You have have medicals.
1: This, well, here's the problem. The reason that they have the NFL scouting combine is medicals. Is medicals. That's right. the main thing that happens are medicals and meetings. The on-field stuff is, is largely secondary. Right. It gets blown out of proportion. You're not going to have the medicals on these guys that are playing.
2: Maybe not. But I think you'll have regional combines. You could bring... The hundred guys. Okay, but let's all over let's country. say
1: they're still playing football a week before the draft.
2: And a lot of them will be like, "I need a knee cleaned up. I need all these things. exactly, I need a scope. yeah, I need small things, things that
1: happen to players when they play a full season. There, it may not have been an injury that kept you out of the games, but it's something that you needed to get fixed mm-hmm. once the season's over. Which happens often,
2: yeah. Or hey, I just pulled a hamstring in the last game. Yeah, you know, something that would keep you out a couple of weeks. Can't run a forty, anyway." So we're looking at that left tackle, and we liked him off 2019 film. Good player. We're strongly considering him. And then you watch the next guy who played all spring that you kind of liked the year before, but he grew up. He looks like he's hitting his stride, um, really playing well. Grades exactly the same. Would you rather have the guy who's just coming off of eight game season a couple of weeks ago, or the one that sat out a year and you don't know what he's been doing all year?
1: I want the guy who just played, the guy I Would just you? saw. See, I don't know. I think the Steelers—that uh, was one of the reasons why they valued the guys from the XFL, right, more than the guys from the college season that but they didn't know him as much come about
2: to camp and help you right away. If he's already worn out, well, again, it depends on what you're looking. For. What are you looking for out
1: of those out of those rookies? Are you looking for a rookie right. starter? Are you looking for a guy who has better long term?
2: If you're the Chiefs and you need a guard, give me the guy that just played, and we'll get as much as we can out of him. If I'm the Cardinals and I need to develop a pass rusher, it yeah, almost we can wait.
1: It almost goes back to what the Steelers have done over the last you know two decades with their first round draft picks, where they draft underclassmen. Mm-hmm. Who are y- young underclassmen? They want guys twenty, twenty-one years old who's right. going to who's still maturing because they're they're at the bottom of the first round of the draft, and therefore you're not getting the absolute studs. Sure, you're kind of projecting a little bit.
2: And when it comes to investing that guy financially, you know, five years on a first round pick, well, he's a year younger in a league where maybe twenty eight, twenty nine is the ceiling. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's it, it's
1: going to be a, a conundrum. It, you know, you look at uh, for example, um, like the guys from. I don't know, BYU, who go on. That
2: are older anyway. Yeah,
1: they're already older. Uh, you know, do you take as many chances on guys like that when you're going to have this huge influx of young, young players? I don't know.
2: I mean, I still feel like rosters might have to expand again or practice squads again just because there's going to be so many good young football players I don't players think they'll come, care. I don't think they'll care, though. That's yeah. the thing. Was it Dion? He put some kind of tweet out. He, he did. That yeah, were, he did. I thought it was pretty good. Talking
1: about, you know, the game will pass you by.
2: Like, nobody cares about you if you sit out. Right. Like, boom, you're gone. And that's going to happen to these poor young kids, too. They're just not going to have the same. Well, that's the too. thing. Some
1: of these guys are going to sit out hoping to, to to improve their draft stock. Mm-hmm. And what if you got bad advice? Like what if you th- your tape wasn't as good as you thought? Yeah, you thought you were in this time off. You do something stupid. Well, that's you're getting hard. you're getting out of your comfort zone here right. now, where you're not around football all the time. You
2: better be an angel. That knee that's bugging you better not be chronic. You, you know I right. mean? Like you better get that four six down to a four four four, four that you think you can, and not wreck it an ankle doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because when in doubt, like it's going to be a negative. I haven't seen this guy play since 2019.
1: Yeah, and you better Assembled. not have t- you better not have ticked off your college coaches.
2: All the references and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, we kind of liked him, and then he was really selfish, and didn't come back, and then I got fired. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I'm not so big on Johnny anymore. Right? There,
1: there could be some of that too, as, as bad as that sounds. But certainly, it, 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 the whole the whole thing is uh, is is a mess.
2: But like Trevor Lawrence is never going to throw another college pass, right?
1: He says he, he wants I mean, to play. I know play. he
2: says he's into it. But, I mean, if if Clemson were to play. A somewhat normal fall season. I think that's the only way he would consider yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, like he can't pl- wait for the spring. I wouldn't
1: think. I mean, what it's you know, you're not. You don't want to take a chance on some guy who's going to be, a, you know, a stockbroker in, in two years falling on your leg.
2: That too. Like maybe your blocking <laughs> not quite as good. You know, you've been played with these guys quite as much. You know, T. Higgins already left. The next guy declared early too, and he's not coming back. Especially in the smaller schools. I mean, Clemson's got guys. but, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's
1: it's going to be interesting. Uh, It will be fascinating to see what comes out of this, but uh, um, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, We'll take a look around the league, some uh, news and notes from that right after this.
0: You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: We are back. Uh, Matt, uh, the uh, Football Outsiders has ranked all 32 NFL teams by their under-25 talent for 2020.
2: This is something they do every year on their site and then in conjunction with ESPN, and sometimes they have some uh, beat writers throwing their two cents. But it's always one of my favorite annual things that comes out. It's interesting.
1: And this is looking at their entire roster, not just single players. Now, obviously, single players can carry... Some extra weight. Oh, of course, of yeah. course, yeah. So their number one team uh, in terms of talent and under twenty five players is the Baltimore Ravens. They were twenty fifth in this last year. Wow, it kind of shows you how much uh, you know Lamar's because profile. Here are their guys. Yeah. So it's Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown. Um, in theory, that sounds great.
2: I, I, I didn't look at this yet. Do they include the incoming rookies? I wouldn't. They but, don't, no. I mean they they're adding a lot of incoming rookies yeah. at least, you know. But
1: like as I was saying, in theory that sounds great. In in reality, the problem is is all those guys Are all going to be wanting to be paid right around the same time? Oh sure, I mean that's a problem you want to have, and you hope you keep. So it's great that they have all these guys this year, but Mm -hmm. Lamar's going on a new contract after the season.
2: Whenever he's making forty million a year, it's going to be some of those guys won't be around.
1: Yeah, Mark Andrews is in that same draft. Right, 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 right. Um, Orlando Brown, what this is his third year?
2: This will be his third, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you're going to have to pay him, Marlon Mm -hmm. Humphrey. You're going he's to, gonna be super expensive. He's gonna though. be super. So,
2: you, you better keep drafting well. Yeah, you got to keep yeah. doing and it well. And the Chiefs are gonna have that dilemma too. And you know, I mean, it's just right. The Steelers have dealt with it for a long time. I mean, it's what you want from the quarterback. Position. Oh, it's
1: absolutely. It's not a bad thing, no, it but isn't, but it's challenging. It's challenging. We yeah. often
2: talk about that with the Browns. I mean, they had so many first-round picks the same year. That gets real tough.
1: Yeah. Uh, number two is the Giants.
2: Really? Saquon Jones, Will
1: Hernandez, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas.
2: Okay, well they included a rookie. They included a the rookie. Okay. Yeah. I mean I guess if you're only picking four or five guys and you're gonna include a rookie here and there. That's fine.
1: They were number five last year, they're two this year.
2: Okay. Um I don't love Jones. You know, and yeah. with all respect to Saquon, if your best assets are running back again, you'd rather be I'd rather have Humphrey and Lamar. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Right. Uh number three is the Arizona Cardinals. That they makes were t- sense. They were ten last year. Their blue chip guys are Kyler Murray, Buddha Baker, Isaiah Simmons.
2: I'm fine with that. I mean, I think that's fine. Uh, their two best players were probably Hopkins and Chandler Jones, though, who aren't old but are
1: on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah, they're on the yeah. back nine, maybe. You know, number four is the Buffalo Bills.
2: They've drafted well.
1: Uh, the blue chip guys—they were six last year. They're four this year. Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver.
2: That's a stretch. I don't to love me. that
1: group. know. I, I would actually maybe they're they're looking at the the waiting the quarterback position a little differently. But we don't like much. I don't Allen love that. that. I like Edmonds. Edmonds is, a, Edmonds is the one I want he's out He's a of that stud. Group. Right. I but guess the other Mike two Miller guys, counts. I could do without.
2: Right. And Oliver's fine, but that's not a, an amazing group of under
1: 25s. Yeah. In fact, I would take this group, the 49ers, at five. It's Nick Bosa, it's Fred sure. Warner, Debo Samuel. That's pretty good. That's a good yeah, 3 right Yeah. Uh, number six is the Steelers. Nice. Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, Juju Smith Schuster.
2: That's as good as any non-quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I get quarterbacks carry a ton of weight, but that's right there with Tremaine Edmonds. You know, he's right in that t- tier with me. That's pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I that's a that's a pretty good threesome. You've Heck got the yeah. two two, uh, you know, kind of focal points of your defense, right. and you know uh, your your star wide receiver.
2: As yeah, I was say, Juju obviously is coming off his worst year, and he'll be on this lottery. list next year. He's gonna be on next year, <laughs> and is going to be anybody else on this list that's as proven as him. I mean, he's done, he's produced several years yeah. where some of these guys are like, well, Mark Andrews had a good year. We'd like him. He'll right. probably be good. But, you know, Juju's been doing it.
1: Yeah. Number seven is the Jaguars. They were 17. They better be. They were 17 you know? last year. By the way, the Steelers were eight on this list last year. They're always pretty Because that included high. Watt. That included Smith-Schuster. Yeah. And remember, um, they pick late every year. James Conner was on that list last year. These mm-hmm. are all okay. guys okay. Who, just, who just turned 25. Uh, the Jaguars were 17th last year. Now they're 7th. That's Gardner Minshew, Jawan Taylor, Josh Allen, DJ Chark, CJ Henderson.
2: Okay. Chark, I really like. I really, really like Allen. Allen's a good player, yeah. Right. I mean, Chase On, you could throw in that mix probably, too, just as a high, you know, important position. I didn't like him as much. but No, he wasn't for me, but um, it's not bad. And the problem is they don't have anybody over 25 that's any good.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight's the Browns. The Browns were number one on this list last year.
2: Baker carried a lot of weight a year ago.
1: So the 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 blue chip guys: Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Jedrick Willis. That's it's still a, it's pretty awesome. That's still a good group. I'd say it's pretty the awesome. The guys that they lost off of that list were Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Wyatt Teller, Taki uh, Taki, Rashard Higgins, Dan Vitali who's now with the yeah, I think
2: he Patriots knocked it out. Yeah,
1: he's now with the Patriots and okay. out.
2: But, hey, that's pretty good. I mean, Chubb's about as good as any back in the league. But here, uh, again,
1: yeah. now they had to pay Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Can they now afford to sign Denzel Ward or Nick Chubb?
2: That'd be tough. And I know Hunt's a free agent after the year. I assume he's gone. I mean, at a minimum. That's yeah. nothing compared to And they're got to
1: make a decision about Mayfield. Is he the guy?
2: I, I don't think Case Keenum's there by accident. I don't
1: think, think so I'm either. There. Yeah. 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 Um, but, man, that's, that's again, you're going to have to pay all those guys at the same time. hmm The Houston they Texans. Up yeah. Year
2: too, and, right, all those guys they picked early.
1: The Texans are number nine. They were four last year. Uh, their blue-chip guy, Deshaun Watson. That's it. Wow. Deshaun Watson. I, I thought puts. thought
2: would still count, but I guess he not. He does
1: not. Cool.
2: I'm straining my, my cranium here. Will Fuller must be over that. I think he came out late.
1: The guys who just dropped off of that are Zach Cunningham, Eddie Vanderdoes, who opted out. mm mm-hmm. uh, Gary and Conley and Vernon Hargreaves. Two guys that they didn't even draft.
2: I guess I'd put them high, though. I'll take Deshaun Watson as my only blue-chip building block. It's a it's it's good building good. block, yeah. yeah.
1: Good building block. Uh, ten is the Chiefs. They were number 3 last year. Their only blue-chip guy is Patrick Mahomes. Well, shouldn't he oh, be Shouldn't, ahead of Watson, he, shouldn't they be ahead of Watson? Right. He yeah.
2: still maybe should be one. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the guys that moved yeah, out. they got it, Edward
2: Solaire. I mean, they've drafted people in the last go around. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. To uh,
1: the Redskins. Number 11, I'm sorry, Washington football team. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, our time. number 11, uh, they're blue chip guys. They were 13 blue last educators. year. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin. That's a good. Not bad. I'm yeah. not sure Sweat's great or not, but he was
2: first round pick last year. Yeah, that's a good group. I don't know if Haskins is a hit or not, but I don't know that he's a lot worse I than I feel Josh pretty Allen. good about Chase Young and Deron Payne. Right, and McLaurin.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good group. Um, at number 12 is the Dolphins. They were 21st last year. They traded Minka. Yeah. Who their only guy it? is Tua. It's their only guy? That's their only guy. They had
2: three first-round picks this year. Yeah. You think... can't throw anybody on that list? Apparently not. I'm trying to think who else young guys are worth talking about. Their last year draft class didn't do much. Yeah. It's... I mean, even the, the D-tackle they drafted from Clemson, I mean, he's okay. You have to throw him on the list.
1: The Bengals are at 13 because of Joe Burrow. That's it. That's it. That's it.
2: Man, they're a little harsh. I mean, <laughs> T. Higgins is a good prospect, you know. But okay.
1: Uh, the Jets are at 14, actually, the, and the Bengals were 16 last year, so they moved up a little bit because of Burrow. 14 oh, is the Jets. Last year, they were 7th Uh there's blue blue-chip guys, Quinton Williams, Sam Darnold, Mackay Becton.
2: Darnold's still on that list. I mean, he's remarkably young, too, which yeah. uh, carries a lot of weight with me. Uh,
1: the Titans are 15. They were 29th last year. They've made a big jump, Simmons? and that's just A.J. Brown. Wow. That doesn't they even didn't include even talk Simmons. Simmons. They did not even talk, mention Simmons.
2: Simmons. Maybe he's older than I think, but... AJ Brown's a nice addition, obviously.
1: Uh, he said that he didn't pile up enough uh, stats as a part-time starter. flash potential, but that's it. That's what at the they end said, of the it. article. Yeah.
2: They have their criteria, so yeah. maybe they just didn't qualify.
1: The Raiders at 16, their blue-chippers Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs.
2: Okay, I mean they've dra- They brought a lot of guys in lately. You know, after the Mac trades and Elam got hurt and Farrell didn't do much, they should be higher. To be yeah. honest, I mean it's it's not a ring endorsement to be the noticed.
1: Colts fall from 2nd to 17th.
2: Leonard, Nelson? The only
1: guy on the list is Quentin Nelson, Leonard, Anthony Walker, Kennedy Moore, and Zach Pascal. I'll drop off that list. Okay. Not that not
2: any of those guys were blue chip. No, right? I mean, Leonard's,
1: Leonard's the only one.
2: Right. I mean, you would hope that Taylor and Pittman make noise.
1: Uh, the Panthers fall from 12th to 18th. Burns. Their guys are – this This one should be higher. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Brown, Brian Burns. That's a great group. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> Right, DJ, DJ Moore, stud? right, right. Ah, they should be higher than 19. Come on, I'm
1: sorry, that should be higher than that. Way,
2: I mean, that's like as good as the Giants, who were second or third.
1: Yeah, uh, the Broncos fall from 20, or rise up from uh, 23 to 19. They have Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke, Jerry Judy. That should be higher.
2: That's pretty good too. Yeah, uh, the linebacker Anthony Johnson. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's a really good young player too. Yeah, I
1: like him too. Uh, the Buccaneers were 20th last year. They're 20th this year. It's Devin White, Chris Godwin, Tristan Wirfs. That's a good group.
2: Yeah. Godwin's still pretty. I didn't realize how young Godwin was for being in the league a couple of years. Uh,
1: the Saints go from uh, 22nd to 21st with Eric McCoy, Marshawn Lattimore, and Deontay Harris. Not bad. And Deontay Harris it's is Deontay just kind Har- of a threat. I, I really strained yeah. it on that one. But. Uh, the Packers. This is a good group. Jar- uh, Jari Alexander, Kenny Clark. Uh, Elgton uh, Jenkins, mm-hmm. Jordan Love.
2: Yeah, I mean, Love carries weight. He's a first round quarterback. The I other believe. three are starters. The other three are good starters. Yeah. Right. They you should be killed to have Clark or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe that's they're, pretty low They're not attackers. stars, but they're, nah, they're right.
1: starters. The Chargers fall from 9th to 23. That's with Derwin James and Justin Herbert. A I lot, they a had a lot bunch of, of guys that fall fell off of that son, list. Guys like that. Bosa, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Sam Tevy, S. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Mike Davis, Desmond King, Scott Quisenberry, Drew Crankwell, uh-huh. and Michael Badgley. So if we do a list
2: of the best twenty six year olds in the league, it's they're the yeah they're, they're, <laughs> right. they're looking pretty yeah. so,
1: strong there. Uh, the Cowboys fall, uh, fall from eleven to twenty four with uh, Leighton Vander Connor Williams, Michael Gallup, and C. D. Lamb.
2: I guess Zeke's over twenty five. Yeah.
1: He, okay. fell, he fell off the list, yeah.
2: That's not a bad group, though. No, it's not bad. You got Van Der Esch and the receivers?
1: Um, you get the Seahawks. They were 30th last year. They're 25th this year because they traded for Jamal Adams, and they have DK Metcalf.
2: That's about it. They have not drafted well.
1: Yeah. Um, the Lions were 18th last year. They're now 26th. They've got uh, Frank Ragnow and Jeff Okuda.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't give the backs a whole lot of credit yet. Galladay's a little older than people think.
1: Yeah. The Bears were 27th last year. They're still 27th. That's a scary group. Roquan Smith and James Daniels.
2: Wow. Daniels an okay center, but yeah. that's not much.
1: Yeah, Roquan.
2: They need, a, they need a franchise changer in a big
1: way. The Rams, who keep trading away their first-round draft five picks. Five years in a row without a first-round yeah. pick. They, uh, they have no blue-chip players <laughs> under None. under 25. Uh, the guys falling off that list were Jared Goff, Jalen Ramsey, Samson Ekubom, Joseph Noteboom, Sebastian Joseph Day, Josh Reynolds – and Troy Reader. How are you not 32? Well, let's see who is. The <laughs> Eagles have none. Okay. The guys they lost off of the, the tw- under I guess 25 list Dallas Goddard, Nathan Jerry, Jordan Howard, Hassan Ridgeway, Razuel Douglas, Greg Ward, and Boston Scott. They're
2: really reaching on some of those to even consider them.
1: Yeah. You know, well, it's just, I think they're just saying guys, guys who are no guys who have now turned. Out. Yeah, I got you. The Vikings only have Brian O'Neill.
2: I guess that's better than the first two ahead of <laughs> them. <but. laughs>
1: The guys who have now gone <laughs> over 25, Daniel Hunter, Garrett Bradbury, Dalvin Cook, Ben Gideon, uh, Laquan Treadwell, like that matters, that matters. and Eric Wilson. Anymore, right. Yeah,
2: Hunter's remarkable that he's only yeah, oh, without 25. a doubt. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: Uh, just a stud. Came out in the same year as Bud Dupree. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, right.
1: Uh, the Patriots have one guy, J.C. Jackson. Wow, two guys fell off of that list. Here, this is this that is when people ask why the Steelers didn't draft Chase Winovich. Right, he's old. He's already twenty five. Yeah, he's, he's over twenty five. Yeah. He's, he's going so, to second year. So it's Sony Michel and Chase Winovich are the guys who have moved out of that. Stinks. Yeah, and wow. Winovich is you know you're going to sign him to one contract. and That's going to be it.
2: I mean Stidham's on that list, I imagine, but he's not even. Star- I mean their future's bleak.
1: Bleak. Number thirty two. The one team we haven't mentioned yet, the Atlanta Falcons. They have no players. Uh, There were blue chippers. Moving out of that uh, under-25 group is Calvin Ridley, Deion Jones, Keanu O'Neal, Austin Hooper, who's no longer with the team, Mm -hmm. and Caleb McGarry. Wow, he's a
2: second-year guy, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. They had to be pretty high a year ago, though. They were were 26th. Really? Yeah. Deion Jones, kind of surprising. And Neil was
1: day. hurt, and Calvin Ridley hadn't done, True. hadn't had a breakout yet. Deion Jones bad. has been hurt a lot. Well. You know.
2: I mean, those teams that have zero, they, they they at least drafted somebody in the first round. Yeah. You know, like.
1: Real quick, did, the methodology you know, they're there they're, was number know. of starts made by players under twenty five, number of snaps played by players under twenty five, quality of play, uh, age adjusted to capture the fact that a twenty one year old player of X ability will likely improve more than a twenty three year old player. Uh, with a similar body, okay. um, relative importance of positions, in particular, with quarterbacks being more important and running backs, kickers, and punters being less important. Um, draft value added in I don't the twenty. Running
2: backs are as devaluable as a punter. Yeah, I don't that's know that. That's a little harsh. That's but, a little harsh. Know. But that's the analytics <laughs> people. That's why McCaffrey's twentieth or something. All this. Yeah,
1: expected key starters and reserves uh, for people on, or for teams under twenty-five. That's why some of those guys made. The list because they're expected starters. Okay. Uh, team track records of talent evaluation and development. So you get a little bump there if you. Yeah,
2: probably helps the Steelers and Ravens and yeah. get back to our conversation.
1: And right. then significant injuries or suspensions that will affect the 2020 availability of players under 25 years old.
2: Okay. I'm sure if you opted out, that doesn't help your cause. Probably does lot. not. Right. Yes.
1: But it uh, was hmm. an interesting list. The Steelers yeah. rank highly on that one. Uh, probably be there again next year, I would think.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, especially if Claypool. Gives you, you know, something, yeah. You know, guys right. like
1: Terrell Edmonds could could make that list. Minka Fitzpatrick would still be on there. Juju still on there.
2: Minka and Juju, I mean that carries. Us <laughs> it's on unbelievable, yeah. You. you get that much track record out of them already, and they still will both be on that list next year. Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. So he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. It's yeah, yeah, time Jukes for the or somebody like that. Yeah you, there. Could Bush. Somebody, yeah, you could somebody. Yeah, Bush is already on there. Already on there. Uh, but we're going to do the uh, fantasy football focus when we return. We'll do that right after this. Back and it's time for the fantasy football focus. And uh, today, Matt, I thought we'd take a look at an article written by Matthew Barry that uh, he highlights the seven habits of highly effective drafters.
2: <laughs> good. I think that just came out because when I yeah. left this morning, it hadn't been out yet. Usually, ESPN puts their stuff out at noon. Um, great. Uh, I consider Matthew a friend. He's a really good dude. Funny. He's a great writer. Um, if people don't know. Matthew's career started he was a writer for Married with Children. He was and then decided I'm gonna try this fantasy thing and he's made you know, yeah. taking it to new levels.
1: Well, you know, he wrote the fantasy of Polk High perhaps, so yeah. maybe. Uh, right. But anyways, his his number one rule is study the rules and more importantly, figure out the best ways to exploit those rules. That's one of my weaknesses. You know, I've been in a lot
2: of leagues and Maybe I'm just lazy about it. I don't just study the rules like I should. You know, that some of them have goofy rules like I'm in one league where you get 0. .25 uh, points per carry. You know, so a Jordan Howard isn't as bad as you'd think. Yeah, He's, right. You know, he grinds out 20 carries. I, I don't pay as much attention to that because I'm in too many leagues. Yeah, that's that, be better it, that, that. falls under
1: habit number one. They spend a ton of time preparing uh, and that just doesn't include, hey, knowing who the you know seventeenth best receiver in the league is, or the fiftieth best receiver because
2: he might not be in your rules. Right. And it's more than just PPR versus non PPR. I mean, yeah. all there's a lot of strange you know things going on.
1: Yeah. It says uh, also under that is start your research by watching, reading, and listening. Uh, also, figure out where you're drafting. Um, I would always there, there's some simulators out there mm-hmm. that I would do a fantasy draft simulation from a bunch of different spots. Yeah, me and, too. and you can put in your, your league's rules, the mm-hmm. point systems and those kind of things, and kind of figure out, okay, this is, if I do this here, then I don't get this guy. Or if I go running back first, and this is what I'm looking at, the quarterback position, or this is what I'm looking at as my, my number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. If I go running back, running back, okay, here's what I'm going to have to pick from. I don't like that, so yes. maybe I go running back, wide receiver, or something like that.
2: I think that's a very valuable tool, and I like to do a lot of them. And sometimes I even do them on my own without the simulators. And I'm like, every other team is Team Williamson. So I really hurt myself, and I take yeah. all the guys I like. So it's like worst-case scenario in the fourth round, I'm stuck with this guy. So it's always better than that. And I like how my, my my main league does it, is that we all get together at a local watering hole, and we pull cards. And if you get the two, that doesn't mean you have the second pick. You have the second pick of where you pick. Where you want to pick. So you can at least... You know, figure out where you're at. Yeah. And I do think picking on draft day is not cool. Like, I no, think you need it's to not. have yeah. some time to know. You need to be able to prep a little bit. At least give me a week yeah. or so to know, okay, I'm picking 10th overall. This is what I can expect.
1: Uh, habit number two is they understand positional depth or lack thereof.
2: Without question. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a supply and demand. We thing. talk
1: about the quarterback position all the time. Like, sure. don't just draft a quarterback in the first round because, well, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, great or Lamar Jackson is great. That's fantastic, but
2: the tenth round quarterback is a lot better than the tenth round running back. Yes, you know,
1: absolutely. Uh, or the, you know, the the fifth tight end in the league is a huge drop off between four and five. Mm-hmm. And you know, to that, that
2: point, has... and I'm not sure if he even mentions this, but know your tiers. Like, yeah. Boy, that I don't mind taking one of these top three tight ends, but then I don't want to be the guy that takes the fourth. or You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, right. Um, number three, they know the one big secret of fantasy football. And that one big secret is fantasy football is entirely about minimizing risk and giving yourself the best odds to win on a weekly basis.
2: Okay. I mean... I think if you look at it like a poker player does, a blackjack player, anyone that gambles for a living and says, I'm going to grind out you know, a lot of time doing this and I'm going to minimize risk, and in the end, I'm going to make more than I spend, I think there's something to be said for that. Well, here's for the sure. thing.
1: I, I don't mind drafting a risky player. No, me neither. But you better make sure that you have a fallback option. Right. Don't count on them, then. Right. You know. Yeah, if you, if, if you draft... Uh, I don't know. Pick, pick somebody. If you're going to take a rookie running back, for example, if you're going to take Clyde edwards hilaire mm-hmm. this year. You better have two other options ready to go.
2: Right, right, right. take that. That are, that are solid doubles. Yeah, right. That's a good point. If
1: if you know if they both hit, now you've got a tradable commodity. If mm-hmm. Clyde, if if, if edwards hilaire hits as well, if he doesn't, now you've got something. You got a fallback option.
2: See, I would structure that sentence that Matthew wrote a little different, like. The golden rule is know who you are. If you're just in it for fun, swing for the fences, have fun, <laughs> and you're in a ten dollar league or yeah. you know whatever. Chances are those
1: fun. guys aren't all going to hit though. Right, that Absolutely never happens. Not. Yeah. yeah,
2: but if you also, you know, you've seen rounders and Kanish, who just grinds it out day yeah. after day, pays his rent. You can do that in fantasy football if you're willing to put in the time, grind it out, work the waiver wire. You're in several leagues, so your first-round pick doesn't kill you if he blows out a knee or something. You can win consistently and grind it out. Just know what you're in for.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I do take some swings at some, yeah. some high-risk guys or at least some guys that maybe are unproven. I but I been. always want to ha- make sure that I have my – Again, back, right? that's, that's another reason why you don't draft a quarterback early. Sure. Because you can then fill out those. You, you can have depth at wide receiver and, and tight end and perhaps even running back.
2: That's that round that you take the, the third running back that you wouldn't have. just Yeah. Or, you know, or I, you know I've, I've
1: done it before, too, where I've ta- I've gone in the first four rounds, I've taken three running backs and a wide receiver.
2: Hmm. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think In fact, I think I did that last year, and that third running back that I took was Aaron Jones.
2: I do that often, to be honest well, with you. Well,
1: I mean, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, That's I, a had, home run. I had two studs, two others. I, I had Chubb, and I'm, I can't remember who the other running back was, mm-hmm. but I also had Aaron Jones. Wow, you as can, long as you can play. I can flip Aaron Jones for whoever I want. You yeah, know? you
2: can get a ton for him. I mean, it's always going to be an asset. I mean, especially if you can flex a guy. I mean, yeah. if you can start three. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of three of my first five, and often my first four are running backs. Because then yeah. I'm taking, I'm getting decent receivers in the seventh. Right. Yeah, you, you can know?
1: still get guys that will help you. And if, if if it turns out that those guys aren't helping you, you can flip that one, one of those running backs and, and, and get do, a lesser yeah. running back and a stud receiver or, or something like that. If you have like three that.
2: starting running backs, someone in the league is hurting. And by week four, it's killing They know it, yeah. yeah. Like this year, I turned one into Mike Evans. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Habit number four. They recognize this fantasy football season would be vastly different from any other by a significant margin. We've talked about this a bunch. bunch. You're not going to have any
3: preseason to to
1: judge anything. You're going to be kind of guessing on on a lot of these guys. Guys who have changed teams, you're not going to get to see them in that new offense. Rookies.
2: Yeah. It's going to be hard.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very – like where do you you take DeAndre Hopkins? Where do you – you know, Mm -hmm. guys like that that, uh, um, you know, they're changing teams, you don't know how they're going to fit into that offense.
2: Or or the guy, there's going to be 10 of them that four weeks from now – has rumors that he's not he's not practicing. You know that much. He's got a bad ankle. Yeah. They think he'll be ready for week 1. Like I I would like to know a little more than that.
1: Yeah. You know. Habit number 5. They understand that it's a weekly game.
2: That's a good point.
1: Yeah. You Darn- can't just draft st- uh I look at these guys I got on paper. They're all studs, but right. then you don't look at who they play each week. Mhm. You got uh, let's say you have everybody's off on the same week. Well, that too. That's a problem.
2: See, the way I viewed that was you and I often talk about Jarvis Landry, and, and like Kirk's his accumulator, yeah. Mold. Like, yeah. At the end of the year, you look at him and say he was a wide receiver twelve, but he didn't help me much in week yeah. five. He had, or week or six, he had like two weeks. Okay. He
1: had two weeks out of the season where he actually was wide receiver twelve, right. and every other week he was wide receiver twenty mm-hmm. or twenty five. He just was was very.
2: He, he was consistent. Yeah. he Stayed healthy in the end. You know, like you're sitting there at your draft, and you go, "Well, I'll take the quarterback ten from last year." I mean, it was Kirk Cousins, and you're not thrilled about checking that box. Yeah, Sunday he's morning, he's you know? not gonna, you know, he's
1: not gonna have a forty-point game. No, at any right, time. right, right. You know, it's just kind of.
2: Yeah, you got to think about it week to week, not like boy, my lineup's set forever.
1: Yeah, you take you talk about the safe double. Hit, okay, that's a single. That's a single. Yeah, right. there is two. no upside. Yeah, exactly, it's,
2: exactly. Swing a little higher than that.
1: Um. Yeah, range of outcomes, as he mentions in the, in, under this one, they change yearly. I mean, Massively. Yeah. They you, change weekly is, weekly is the point. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, look, yeah, and that's his next point. Range of outcomes are weekly. They're you know, weekly. You, you They're have to kind of look, look who uh, is hot now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to
2: stick with this guy even because I picked him early, yeah. but he's not getting it done. Be, well, willing well, make,
1: be willing to make moves on your roster. Sure. Um, you know, if such-and-such such such guy is suddenly now the starting running back for whatever team, well, I, but I drafted this guy in the fourth round. So put him on the so bench. So what? Yeah. get to cut him right. or
2: trade him. I mean, and a good example of that, too, is always late in the years after people are getting hurt. If you picked up a Perryman or a Higby, those are league winners for you at right. the most important time. Don't be afraid. Boy, I know he's got a, a legit role. It wasn't just a fluky thing where he ran five routes and caught one deep one. He was out there 80% of the time yeah. Look and at had targets. That's a know. key
1: thing, too. Look at playing time. Snap, time,
2: snap, snap counts. Snap counts.
1: Look at targets. Mm-hmm. Look at red zone targets. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are things that you that you can easily track. They're out there. They're available. Um, they're you know, not hard to find. Right? Yeah, some guy who catches, you know, two long touchdown passes, but those are the only two. He Oh, he had 19 points last week. Mm-hmm. That's great. Played 20 snaps. Those were his only two catches. Right. Somebody fell down and he went for a touchdown. Right, I don't right, want that guy. Right. Exactly. That's fluky.
2: Is he part of the game plan week yeah. to week? Right. I'd rather have the, the guy. Uh,
1: I'd rather have the guy who you know the, the receiver who got seven targets two weeks in a row. Okay. Now I'm He's now part I'm interested. Of the game yeah. Plan now. Right. Right. Now I'm interested as opposed to that guy. who, Well, he had he had three catches for ninety seven yards last week. It, you Pick know, him
2: up and start him, and then he has one
1: catch. Yeah. for This is only three targets. That, right. that, that's, I don't care.
2: I don't care. That's not enough for me.
1: Habit number six, and this kind of falls into that that equation. They're flexible and trust themselves above all others.
2: The owners do. Yeah,
1: you have to be flexible. You can't just go in and say, I've got, well, I'm going to, no matter what, the, what kind of draft you do, you can't go into it and say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right no right. matter what. I'm going to, you know, no. No. Somebody you, falls to you. You have to, you have to read the room. Yeah. You have to see, you know, don't, when the, when the run starts, and there will be a run on certain positions, no matter what. It mm-hmm. happens every oh, year. Always does. When the run starts, don't fall into the run. Not Just if it's because, the
2: yeah. If you started to run, great, you know. Yeah, that's, that's right,
1: there. Right. Be, the, be the guy who starts to run, not the guy who ends it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You don't want to be that. Like when the tight ends start going in the fifth round, well, I got to get a tight end here. I'm going to be stuck.
2: Right. Don't. And he's really worth a seventh round pick. Right. Yeah. You know, or or worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, to this point, I mean, I do this for a living. Some different than this, as, as do you, obviously, but I approach my leagues, even if there's a lot of quote experts in them with extreme cockiness, you know, that <laughs> I'm going to find somebody in week yeah. four, I'm going to dig up some guys more than the average guy, but you can't be blind and say, I love this guy, I drafted him in the fifth round. Maybe I was wrong. You know I mean? Just, you got to be able to move on too. Yeah. You can't just be like, I'm so smart on drafting. In
1: the same way, I'm always willing to trade anybody. Oh yeah. There's nobody on my roster who is "quote unquote" untouchable. You talk to some guys. Well, I can't trade him. He's my first round draft pick. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. If I can get, if I can make my team better by trading that first round draft pick, he's
2: gone. He's gone, gone. There is a, a problem with that in smaller leagues. Is I can't trade too many studs for three really good players. Right. You know, and it's maybe you do that earlier in the year, here and there, and then you do the opposite late in the year. Yeah. So because depth is is important. But, you know, other than that...
1: Unless I see somebody who isn't a stud right now who I think is going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbin. Yeah. one Dobbins. Yeah. I think guys. he's going to take over at midseason as the number 1 running back. Then I'm going to try to trade for him early in the year mm-hmm. as a throw-in. And you might he's, your... Maybe he's not playing much early in the year. Well, why don't you just throw him in? He's not playing. No, that's idea. Yeah.
2: For the long-term. Or if it's getting to the point where you think he's about to play and it's your last chance to buy him, I'll give you my third round pick for your sixth round pick that was Dobbins because he's going to be worth a second tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. you got to kind of read. The, you have to be flexible throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And habit number seven, they understand that the draft is just the first step to success. Kind of, we've 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 talked about that. You mm-hmm. can't just draft and let your team go. You can't just say I'm true. not going to make any changes. It's going to this is going to be the way it's going to be all season long. I'm not going to make any moves. And i'm just going to let it ride
2: i often reference my my friend draft you know we go away labor day it's a blast they're all high school buddies and i'm the most successful owner in that in that group i mean over a 20-year stretch yeah. i mean and
1: well you're the only one that does this for a living trust me, they let me know that and i let them know
2: that as well but i will say the day that i have the least advantage is draft day We're everybody has the, the same yes yeah. and i probably make one or two picks a little better than someone else late in the round, but overall, they're reading my list when I used to write lists. Like right, yeah. My li- you You're know, putting like, that stuff out there. Right. I did I, the
1: same thing when I I used I, I had a blog when I worked at the Observer Reporter, and the blog actually started as a fantasy football blog. Okay. So I would put my lists out there. Sure. And you are And they're all off. they're all working there in the building with me. They're just they're seeing exactly how I have guys ranked.
2: Sure. I mean, there's <laughs> been times where. They're such jerks. They would just print it off and put it on the draft board.
1: Well, here's his. Here's his. As they should. I mean, um, levels the playing field a little bit. Here's some guys that he looked at that that were barely drafted last year that turned into. Uh, they were on uh, a good, healthy portion of championship roster. Okay. Rashad, picks up. Rashad Perryman, that makes, 0.3% he makes, yeah. drafted. Right, right. He was on 27% of fantasy champions. A.J. Brown, 5.7% drafted. He was on 268 Uh Tyler Higby, who we mentioned, 0.2% yeah. drafted. Uh, it was
2: Perryman are the same to me. You picked him up at the right time, and he got you yeah. there because he excelled in the playoffs. Uh,
1: Devontae Parker, 9.8% drafted on 21.2% of fantasy champions. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, 0.3% drafted was on 21.2% of fantasy wow. champions and Raheem Mostert .1% drafted was on 19.4% of fantasy champions.
2: I mean Tannehill wasn't even a starting quarterback. Right. Did. Yeah, you were really projecting. Now if you right. had
1: watched the preseason, sure. You had a pretty good idea Mariota was not long for that world. No. I he mean, did not look as good. So, yeah. He was we the saw them in the preseason and plays, and right. Mari- they like they pulled Mariota from the preseason game because they couldn't block for him.
2: Yeah, and he was he's been struggling obviously yeah. for a lot of reasons. But Yeah, but right. But think about those things.
1: Yeah, you have to be willing to, to keep making moves. I mean, I'll, every year I'll, I in any league that I'm in, I make by far more moves than anybody else. I do, too. I just keep churning that roster. Keep churning it. And, Maybe you cut a good player sometimes. You but, do,
2: but that's all right. Yeah. Um, in that league that I referenced, we get charged $10 for every move, every trade, every pickup. I always owe the most at the end, you know, but it just comes out of my winnings. <laughs>
1: He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. That was the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll be right back after this.
0: You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Unite members have a chance to chat live with safety Minka Fitzpatrick on Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Fitzpatrick will field your questions about training camp in the upcoming season. All you need to do to participate is to download the Steelers' official mobile app and create a fan profile. That's Minka Fitzpatrick in the latest edition of the SNU Huddle on Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. It's an opportunity to talk to the Steelers' all-pro Safety, uh, guy that uh, Matt, you had ranked as the number two safety yeah. in the league. And it's a pretty
2: cool event. I mean, you should be able to hang with Minka and chat with him. You know? Yeah,
1: ask him some questions. And he
2: I'll was tell on you. the under twenty-five list for us already. Yeah, so he's he's,
1: he's, he's all time, over yeah. the. I mean, everybody loves Minka.
2: How can you not? Um, I also did my edge rushers. There's a, a Steeler on there too. We can get to that maybe yeah. down the line. Yeah, we'll do that one down like
1: that. the line. But uh, certainly uh, one Steeler on there. And, you uh, know, Minka's
2: made a push for number one with the safeties, but there's so many good safeties. There there are a lot of good ones six, in the league and it's it's it
1: comes down to that Ed Reed versus Troy Palomalu you know, kind sure. of question. Um But he's yeah.
2: perfect for what the Steelers
1: need. Absolutely. They yeah. needed the center fielder. They, they needed do. a guy to take the ball away. Derwin James, who you had rated number one.
2: I think you think he's a freak.
1: He's a yeah. yeah. He's kinda of, he's kind of a combination. He is of the of of the Palomalu Reed Right. You know. I mean,
2: he's better as the Palomalu. Yeah, yeah, but but he can play center field he for can you too. Do center yeah, field stuff and too high and all those type of things. Yeah, we're
1: seeing more of those guys come into the league. I mean, we, nobody knew where do you play Isaiah Simmons. You know, yeah. where do you what do you do with some of these freaks? Yeah, absolutely right.
2: And, and I think we there's more to come with Minka. I mean, I, I'd be just as happy as if he stayed in deep center field a high percentage of the time. But he's proven over his high or his college and pro career, he's an adapt blitzer. He could play, he a could slot. play the slot, yeah. yeah. I mean, does he man up on Mark Andrews? You know, something like that. I think you could see some of that, too.
1: I was asked that over the weekend, um, you know, what's the Steelers' plan if he happens to get hurt, you know, him or Bush? I said, well, I think, if, you know, obviously if Bush gets hurt, I like Ulysses Gilbert sure. in that role a lot more than I like Tyler Madakevich Is that number three good guy. Good point, good point. He's much more athletically close to – What Bush can do He can run He can you know Maybe he's not as talented As as Bush Bush came from a much Bigger program And has more experience
2: Especially with an Experienced guy Like Vince Williams Next to him And Vince's style of play Yeah you know, I, I don't think it'd be the end of the world for Gilbert to fill in. Yeah, and it, it'd, it'd be growing. No,
1: you wouldn't board. like long term. You wouldn't like to do that for no, eight games. No, but if no. it's one game, okay, you can live. You right, can, you can survive.
2: Obviously, those two are near the top of the list of most indispensable
0: stealers, yeah. You know. if
1: Fitzpatrick gets hurt, um, and the the the, the writer said, well, or the questioner said, you know, they don't have a, they don't have an option there. Well, I think they kind of do now with Riley.
2: I do, too. I wish I'd, I'd like to see him more. I don't know a ton about yeah. him, you know. But he's been a high, single high safety. Before we signed him, I liked your suggestion of Sutton, too.
1: Yeah, I think they've got some options there yeah, now. Yeah,
2: it's not – I used to think the cupboard was pretty bare. I think you could survive with those guys. Yeah. Maybe you played more too high at that point. Again, you wouldn't,
1: you wouldn't want to do it – for eight games. Of course not. You know, you don't want the situation like you had with Ben Roethlisberger last year where you got to play 14 games without one of those guys. Of but
2: course, of course. I mean, and obviously – You adjust. be in that conversation with yeah. some of those guys, too.
1: And I said, you know, th- they lost a great player last year in that defense and Stefan Tuitt in the middle of the season. And the defense didn't, didn't fall off the didn't cliff. Be, no, yeah, they no, figured out right. ways to make it work, whether that be, you know, playing Vince Williams and allowing him to rush. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll figure out ways over the course of the season if they're going to be without somebody on the long term – to make it work. If it's a one game it. thing, then you just plug somebody in and try to make it work that week. Right, right, you right. Know.
2: And you can game plan around it depending yeah. on the opponent and those type of things too. And that opponent hasn't seen tape of you without your guy, so they don't know exactly how you're going to do it, but then the next team does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so then, it's again, that becomes a constant adjustment.
1: Yeah. Um, that brings me to our interview with David DeCastro that we're going to play here in the next segment. And DeCastro mentioned a couple of things that were interesting. Um, he said that that as the season wore on last year, he got, he said, you know, you kind of lost some of the enthusiasm, some of the you know, some of really? the confidence was was the word that he used. You know, you did, you just weren't as confident in the offense.
2: It showed, and yeah. it's understandable. They're all human beings out there, and it wasn't a good offense.
1: Right, and that's the other part of the equation. He was asked about, well, you know, you guys struggled running the football last year. Was that a, you know? And he said, look, we that comes off the passing game. Mm-hmm. If teams don't fear you being able to beat them over the top, guess what's going to happen? They're going to walk the safety down, and you're going to pl- be running into loaded boxes on a, on a consistent basis. And You'd just, rather have the passing game. Yeah. I mean, that,
2: that's analytics aside, but, I mean, in terms of it, you, if you get lighter boxes and you don't have a great back and you don't have a great line, you're still going to probably run the ball reasonably well. right? But you could have – Gail Sayers backed up by Walter Payton with Munoz, Larry Allen, Webby, and you know, <laughs> and they have two more guys than you can block. You're not going to run. You're not going to run, run. The not run the ball consistently. If it's there, just not going to happen. There's no passing threat, and they're jamming your receivers at the line of scrimmage and don't have a, a, a high safety, and they're just crowding the box. You're in
1: trouble. Yeah, and, and you better – again, I think that's why you saw the Steelers – even though they didn't have a ton of success with it, they took shots mm-hmm. down the field because that's what was there. That's what that the, a... opponents were going to give that to them if they could hit more yeah. of those. Then suddenly, then you back them off a little bit.
2: I mean, obviously, they wouldn't play the Steelers the same way if Ben were behind center, of course. But if Ben sees that look that the Ravens and Jets and the late in the season yeah. that defenses gave them, he's taking the shot every time. Absolutely, you know, people wonder about that. Every time. You know, it was
1: it was third and two, and they took a deep shot. Cause
2: they're begging you to, you <laughs> right, know, right? Yeah. You know, like I trust you, you to beat this guy who's totally one-on-one or I have this route concept set up that uh, I'm going to beat man free a high percentage of the time. Got it. You got to do
1: it. Yeah. You take the shot and uh, you know, it, it, you have to know the game situation as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, are if it's a, if it's early in the game and that's what they're going to give you, they're going to give you that shot. Okay. Yeah. You know, if it's late in the game and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to sit on a lead or you're, you know, maybe you're down three points, and maybe you don't take that shot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just try to get the first down.
2: And, and but, where this offense was, they needed any break they could get. It, yeah, it was a stretch. Seven, Seven points were huge. Seven points were huge. You know, um, you know, it's different if if the offense is humming at an average level, and you could say, "All right, I took that shot, I missed it. We'll we'll get a couple 1st we'll downs. we'll get yeah we'll get we'll get the next and time we'll and we'll, yeah we'll get a field goal at least right so, you know. There was never any kind of guarantees like that.
1: No, there were not. And, and the final thing that DeCastro about, talks about here is, is something we've talked about a lot. That, you know, look, they're they're a veteran team. Yeah. They didn't need a bunch of training camp or a bunch of preseason games to get ready because these guys know how to get ready for. He said he said the preseason is for the young guys. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Preseason I mean, I and training a camp are for drying, young guys. And
2: it's old for them I and mean, for those guys. They just want to get through it. But even, like, the under-25 group for the Steelers that we talked about. I've they played, played, a played a lot of snaps. Mass. Right, yeah. right. I mean, Johnson and J- Schuster and Bush and all these guys. Yeah, Johnson
1: wasn't even on that under-25 list, which is it's crazy. on me, yeah. right.
2: But, yeah, I mean, they're young guys of, are experienced.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've got guys who have who've played a lot of snaps. Um, ben Roethlisberger coming back, and, while well, he said he would have liked to have had – some preseason to get his feet under him a little bit. I think that'll happen pretty quickly for a 17-year veteran. It, I would imagine there's not going to be any surprises in that Giants game for him. Like, ooh, no. I, didn't, I didn't expect the speed of the game to be this fast. He's not no, gonna, I don't. Think he, he, he hasn't forgotten how right. fast the game moves.
2: And the people you're playing against haven't played either. Right, they're I mean, in the it same, wasn't same like boat. Been yeah, doing playing preseason game after preseason. Yeah, that
1: that first-year safety or second-year safety is going to be making a bigger adjustment. Yeah, th- who's never started the game before than you are as a guy who sat out a year.
2: I mean, Daniel Jones played as a rookie. His adjustment to the Steeler defense is going to be harsher than Ben sitting out a year at the Giants defense.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about <laughs> it. I mean? yeah. Right, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and and DeCastro did say, like, you know, when, when Roethlisberger's in the huddle, um, he brings an expectation of those guys around him. Like, right. there, there's, right. you know, he, he said, yes, he's a great player. But he expects the best out of you on every snap as well, mm-hmm. and so the expectation level, accountability. there's accountability there. There's more accountability when he's in the huddle, and that, I think that's going to be a huge factor for yeah, this team gigantic. as well. Right, right. And I, and I think they'll hold themselves all to a higher standard when he's out there mm-hmm. uh, than just trying to get by. Oh, I, th- I think they awesome. talked about that a lot. Like, hey, we just got to do what we need to do to win a game, mm-hmm. whatever we need to do. When I go- mean,
2: even Coach Thomas said in the press conference, yeah. like we just want to doc to survive. You yeah, know, like, or I forget how he phrased it, but it wasn't not like, kill, us. Yeah. kill us. Don't kill us.
1: Don't right. kill us. Well, you know when you when you have that expectation, and, and again, it was a realistic expectation. Everyone locker knew it. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't you're like not fooling those surprising. guys. Like right. yeah. that's the expectation. Kevin Colbert talked about it in the off season. Like you know, we knew when Mason was in there, we had to hold the hold the opposing team to 17 or fewer.
0: Yeah,
1: when right. Roethlisberger played, that was 21. It's a big difference. When Hodges was played, it was 13 or less. Exactly. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, so, you know, you're, you're... That's self-scouting. Yeah. And again,
2: the linebackers and the fullbacks and everyone in the room knows, yeah, I mean, we're not going to rack up 30 today.
1: Yeah. No, and they I didn't know. all last year. No. I mean, they could put up... It, would it surprise you if they went out and put up 30 in the opener? No. Wouldn't surprise me a bit either. No. Now, I think the second... In week two against the Broncos will be a bigger challenge, sure. even though it's here at home. Better defense. You know, I, I have much more respect for that defense than I do the Giants defense. Me
2: too. Well, I'm not sure home field advantage matters. Yeah, I just think
1: the Steelers are going to come out smoking in that first game. I expect Roethlisberger – I mean, he started Super Bowls before. I don't know that he'll be as excited – Probably not. Right? As he Give will one. be for this first, like this first game is going to be like him going out for that first Super Bowl. He'll probably have, you know, he talked about it when he when he did the interview with us on last week on Zoom that he, you know, he felt nervous about it. Yeah, that's interesting too. You and, know, and just this is a guy who's done thousands of interviews over the last seventeen years. A total superstar. <laughs> like
2: you said he's started all kinds of big things. First round pick, you know, and it wouldn't shock me at all either if Locke and Jones combined for six turnovers, and one of yeah. them was a score, too. Yeah, I mean, two games. I know, think the Steelers' gonna defense is going to feast on right. those two, de- those two right. quarterbacks, for sure. And they're not going to be on top of their game. They may turn to fine players, but you're getting them at a great time. Yeah.
1: No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll hear that interview from David DeCastro when we come back. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.
0: You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F one hundred and fifty is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt and I teased the uh, David DeCastro interview. We're gonna get right to it. Here's what he had to say. Hey Dave. Hey Dave. uh, Just uh, wondering. Um, and I'm actually here, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got, uh, obviously, you're going to have n- at least one new starter on your offensive line this year. Um, continuity is, is king on the offensive line. And you've only got 14 practices with which to, to kind of work that new guy into the equation. A, is that enough time? And B, what kind of confidence do you have in those those new guys? And some of them aren't new. Obviously, Stefan is. but. How much confidence do you have in those guys? Be able to get them up to speed quickly.
3: Yeah, I like it. I think this whole thing for us as an O line, just the pandemic and the shortened training camp, is uh, yeah, I think it's beneficial just because we're a veteran group. And even though guys, match moving to left guard, he's he's gotten snaps before, game snaps. You know, he's played that position a lot. He's bounced around before. And uh, you've got guys, with Banner and Shoots. who've game time as you know, game time experience as well. So I think it, I think it bodes well for us. And uh, I'm really excited to see that competition at right tackle for uh, for that spot. Thanks, Dave. There you go.
0: Thanks, Dale. We'll go to Will Graves with the Associated Press. Will, I think we have you now. All right. What are you, Dave? What are you doing starting so early, man? Come on. We're deadline oriented. (laughs) Deadline oriented people are here. Look, I'm just sort of curious A, it's good to see you, but B, um, you know, you look, you have a young family at home. I've talked to you in the past about, like, when you had kids, how your wife would sort of divvy up responsibilities
1: so you could be in prime position to play. Have you changed what you do at home, your
0: routine to sort of protect yourself even further than than maybe, you know, you normally
3: would? No, not not really. My life hasn't changed too much. With the whole, whole thing happening off season two, it kinda the routine didn't did vary as much. even even nowadays, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not too afraid. Um you know, that's just my personal opinion of it. So I'm haven't done anything really to – I don't know really what, what, what much can you do if it's worth taking those risks to really completely isolate yourself. To me, to me, I don't see that being beneficial. I'd rather be with my kids and family and, um, you know, take take that risk. So, no, I haven't, I haven't changed that at all. Appreciate it. Yep. All righty,
0: let's go to Jerry Dulac
1: with the Post-Gazette. Jerry, are you on? How
3: oh, about now? You got me, Dave? Yep, I can hear you. How are you, man? Good, thanks, good, thanks. Hey, um, did you ever give any
1: thought to opting out, Dave? And do you have any apprehensions going forward here about, you know, once you
3: start playing? Um, Yeah, it's tough. You know, the only thing that really comes to mind is, and, and there's really no way to, to structure with the with the money and whatnot and the uncertainty of, of, of the guys playing. You know, that definitely weighs in your mind. You're taking a lot of risks going out there. And, you know, say you get hurt and we don't get the whole season and you don't get Well, salary you know you kind of that's probably the biggest the biggest thing i thought about um as far as the you know the financial ramifications of playing and the chance of the season not finishing out you know so other than but you know at the same time you think a lot of guys are just kind of i like having the routine to be able able to play football i don't know what i do without it so even though that thought crosses your mind i think in reality a lot of guys are just kind of going with the flow thanks man Let's go to Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. Ed, are you on? Hello, Dave. Hey, what's up, Ed? Uh, hey, um, look, along the way some, somewhere, did you watch much tape at all about uh, of Alan Fanick and how he played the position? Um, you know, not really when I was younger. It was a different age from then than it is now. You know, it was a little harder to find find those kind of cut-ups and tapes and a lot easier now with YouTube and, and, and stuff. But, um, no, I just watched him, you know, from afar. Uh, you know, some Sundays watching him play and, obviously, watching the Steelers. It was, uh, it was a big part of that offensive line. He was here uh, one summer, wasn't he? And yeah. Did you pick up anything from him then? No, uh, yeah. He was here for about, you know, part of training camp, and it was it was just cool to meet him, that's for sure. Um, just take his brain and get a sense for what I – Guy, guy who's been through it before, kind of been down that path of kind of what you want to emulate as a career. Um, just nice to get to meet the guy and, and especially not talking to him. And yeah, fix his brain a little bit about you know life, football, all the all the, all the good stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. We'll go to Mark Kaboli with the Athletic. Mark. What's up,
0: Dave?
3: Hey, what's up, Mark? Yeah, my question is about uh, the loss of Munchak last year. Maybe not as of uh, concerning actually line play, but maybe some of the things he did in the run game and coordinating that. Did you guys notice a difference there without his voice of being able to construct things uh, with the run game? No, uh, I mean, Munch was great. I mean, let's, let's – can't really sugarcoat it. He was a great coach, smart. Um, I just think the injuries really, really kind of took a toll. Um, you know, losing losing a quarterback like Ben—that's you lose a guy that's allows you have a pass game. That's really builds up the run. So yeah, maybe there's a factor of much. He's, he's one of a kind. Well, you know, hope bounce from that. But there's um, a lot of factors that went into last year, being the kind of disaster it was on our side of the ball. Thanks. No. Yep. Thanks. We'll go
1: to Mike Przuta with WDBE. Trevor if you're on. You got me? Yep. Yes, sir. How's it going, David?
3: Hey, what's
1: up, Mike?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, follow up a little bit. You said you couldn't imagine not playing. Um, I assume you're pretty financially secure by this sport. Why is it
1: worth the risk, and why could you not imagine playing? What what still drives you about about the
3: game? Because you, you got to kind of be all in when you're playing football, you know what I mean? It's like once, once you say you're, you're done, I think, and you check out, you, can, you can't really come back to it. So I've always had that mindset of just being all in, football being the number one, you know, it's almost sort of a – a religious religious experience the closest thing i can get from you know for myself i love the game i always have it's, it's done so much for me and you can't really think about the money and, and whatnot when you're playing you just have to be all about football and attacking that day and having that routine it just it just makes life life a lot easier and uh you know i'm not i'm not ready to be done quite yet you know what i mean get getting there but um still i still enjoy it still enjoy the routine and coming to coming to work with these guys you know pouncing out you know the, Group's kind of fading away. You guys don't always ask every year. You guys, you guys appreciate what you got in the online. You know, we, we really have because we know it's a, a – light's coming down the tunnel a little bit. Did you say religious experience? Yes, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Trev. We'll go to Richie Walsh with KDKA. Richie, if you're on. Yeah,
0: Dave, you know, with the Power Five and the Big Ten postponing – College football. I, I know you want to play, and we all want to see you guys play. Do you Are you optimistic? Are you hopeful that
3: you guys will play this year? What are the concerns? What are you guys talking Man, about I year? I, I gave up predicting being hopeful, optimistic about four or five months ago when the, uh, this whole thing just you kind know, of blows your mind. It's been a crazy year, and at this point in my life, I tell everyone, I'm just taking a day-to-day. You know, I'm trying to, like I just told Mike, just trying to enjoy the routine of football. Um, you know, that's definitely reality in the back of your minds I mean, I'm open to anything. I know get gets shut down tomorrow, but i like, oh, you know, you have a free fall for the first time in 20 years. You know what I mean? That, that's that's pretty pretty weird to a lot of guys who've been doing this for, for so long. But you know, it's it's really screwed up everybody's lives. So um, you know, it, it is what it is. And what can you really do with this one other than just watch and um, adapt and, and move on? Thanks, Dave. Yep. Thanks, Rich. We'll go
0: to Brooke Pryor with ESPN, Brooke. Hey, D, thanks for doing this. Um, you know,
1: without the rookie mini camp and OTAs and now a shortened training camp and no preseason, what kind of learning curve can, can you kind of expect for Kevin Dotson? How hard is it for a rookie to come in and be on the line and, you know, and not have all of the experience of the off season that a guy would normally get?
3: Yeah, it's, it's really hard for a rookie. I'm a rookie. There's a lot. I came in late into OTAs because of the, some weird college eligibility rule, but, um, yeah, it's not. It doesn't help. That's for sure. Got yeah, coming in, it's a different game. Learning the scheme, the system, and getting those getting those reps. It's uh, it's hard. To let, you know, it's definitely a a battle. But you know, all the all the rookies are going through it. Um, so we'll get some good good reps in training camp, and um, you know, it's kind of what it is. But yeah, it's not it's not easy. That's for sure. I'm not your rookie year. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. We'll go to Tim Benz with the chip trip tip. If you're on. Yeah, I believe,
0: uh, was just curious uh, from your standpoint how you um might give any advice if it's asked for uh, Matt Filer making the jump from tackle to guard in terms of uh, the mentality and the skills needed for that position, and how you feel about the guys on the right side at tackle that might be taking over for him and Zach and Shoots.
3: Yeah, well, first of all, I'm excited for the competition. um I'm sure both. I know both the guys are really hungry, and it's going to be a, a tough battle for that that right tackle spot. And as far as Matt goes, that I see, Matt is pretty better and I don't think he needs any tips. I think he's uh, he's played all around. You know, bounced around. I I'm, I'm going to miss him at right tackle. Well, I, I had a really good time playing with him last year, but um, uh, I think it's obviously best for the the group for him to be a left guard and good choice. And I think he'll be, he'll be pretty solid. Uh, he's just he's a tremendous player. He's built for it. He looks he looks great, great shape to play play guard. He looks even stockier and more anchorish than uh, than before. So uh, he's ready to go
0: docking and more anchorish uh, importance to that transition, do you think?
3: Yeah, no, for sure. you know you get think leaky sacrifice a little bulk up a little bit. And, uh, you want know, some some bigger guys, not maybe not as necessarily as athletic and quick, but you know, that'll was some big, strong freaks in the in the middle. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. We'll go to Jim Wexel with two four seven sports, Jim. Jim, do we have you? Can I? Okay, there we go. Yep. Got me, Dave? I hear you, Jim. Good. Um, you had said uh, losing Munch was
0: one factor. What were some of the other factors? I'm assuming it had to do with quarterbacks making calls, but you
1: you, you answered that. And the other question I have is your confidence level in a team that's,
3: you know, everybody's uh, missing their preseason. How, how will you guys respond? It, will it be a positive one? Yeah, I think it would be positive for us just because we're a veteran team, um, and just we, we I mean, honestly, I think the training camp, all those preseason games, are for younger guys. I mean, I don't think it takes necessarily much for us to get in shape as a veteran group. And I think the older you get, the less is kind of more, just because you don't need that pounding on your body. So uh, I think it bodes well for us, offense and defense wise. Uh, we have some good depth too, and yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually excited about that.
2: Any other factors in uh,
3: you know besides losing lunch? Oh, oh, as far as last year, I don't know, man. Last year sucked. I kind of already forgot about it. It was not fun to play, as you know, as an offense. <laughs> it was uh, it was, it was, it was pretty terrible. Um, just, just yeah, you kind of you know lose confidence and it just kind of snowballs and you just find ways to lose games. Can't win them when your defense is getting five turnovers. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty tough year. Um, you know, it falls on everybody. You um, know, that's why it's a team sport. You know, you can't you can't lose that confidence. You gotta you gotta be better. But, yeah, hopefully, we can have, like, get a better attitude this year and hopefully we can stay healthy. Thanks,
0: Dave.
3: thanks,
1: yeah. We'll go off, go on to Ray Fialdo with the Post Gazette. Ray, hey Dave, how's it going?
0: Hey, what's up, Ray? Uh, one more quick follow up on the
1: running game. I mean, you, you were here when it was really clicking with Le'Veon, you know, back in the day. Um, and just other than the injuries, is there one or two things that you guys think you have to get back to, um, whether it be putting your hand on the ground more often or just any little things that can help, you know, get that running game, you know, kick started again?
3: You guys love talking about the running game, like it's a, like it's a, it starts. You know, it's a starting point of of the offense. I just always try to tell you guys, there's, it's a combination. You can't have a good running game without a good passing game, without a an honest, balanced offense. Because if they can just stack the box, wear a safety down, I and mean, you can't throw the top, or forget that, you know, if, me, if they can't keep you, you can't keep them honest. Then it's easier to stop the run. So I mean, we just we just weren't good at all. So the running game is obviously going to be a be a tough spot where they can just kind of pigeonhole you into. Yeah, I mean, it, was just, it wasn't really just the run game. It was just an overall not being good. God, thank
0: you. Thanks, Ray. We'll go to Chris
3: Adamski with the trip. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Dave. Um, you've used words like suck and disaster and stuff, uh, talking about last year's offense. Yeah. Um, I'm not smart enough to know, to be able to break down, you know, the reasons why. I, I think for – you know, the last five, pretty much your whole career, everybody can generally assume, well, the Steelers, the offensive line's elite with the Steelers, one of the best. Um, where do you kind of, you know, on a self-assessment, both of you and the unit of the five of you or whatever, um, did you, you guys obviously are getting older. There are questions. Are you guys still in the offensive line? Did, did you have a bad year last year? Can you be better this year? Or was not not necessarily the offensive line? I always like say it's always a culmination. It's a beautiful team sport. You know, we take pride in the O-line. Obviously, we think we're pretty good. Um but it's 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 a, it's a team effort. Yeah, you're right. We are, maybe we are getting a little old by that we got some juice left in us and um we're not good as a whole, everyone's gonna look bad, you know what I mean? That's just that's just the nature of it. Um I'm not trying to put blame on anyone else. I mean we we had a bad play, that's for sure. Take more take more um responsibility, but just a global, yeah, just a global not good. And that just like I said, it kinda of, uh, Start to lose confidence a little bit, and you're just, you're just struggling, and it's just it's a tough. It was a tough year, uh, especially when, like you said, we're used to having having great years. And obviously, you're losing a Hall of Fame quarterback. The guys getting paid, you know, third or one of the third of the salary cap. You know, there's a reason why they get paid that much. Um, you know, no, no, not trying to discredit Mason and Duck. Obviously, they're capable players, but when you're losing a guy like that, um, yeah, that's that stuff.
0: Thanks, Chris. Uh, we'll end it with Aditi Kinkobala of the NFL Network. Aditi, if you're on, go ahead. Okay, sorry about that. Hi.
3: What's up? Um, <laughs> thank you, Brooke. Brooke just told me I was muted. Um, having said that, about Ben, besides the obvious, what really is different in having him back out there? I mean, do you practice it or are your walkthroughs running through any crisper? Is the quarterback talking a lot more? And Deontay, a young guy, claims that he's any different. You've played with Ben for a long time. Is he
0: really any different?
3: Or is he just Yeah, yeah he just he seems kind of lighter, a positive attitude, happier and I think the biggest thing with Ben is not that he's just a talented player in his own right, is what he does for the people around him. It's he has you know the ego, the, the ability to to make you play better to force you to play better because he he expects it. It's similar to Pouncy in in a way that that true leaderships aren't just good being, you know, true leaders are not just good players. You have to have that ability, but they demand your best when you're out there and, you know, you kind of, you fall in line. That's, that's a true leader. And he has that presence in the huddle, you know, and maybe expects the best from you. He expects you not to lose. You're just like, you know, that's just, that's, that's, that's what, you know, the more I've been around him over the years, he's always had that. Um, I think that's part of what makes him great. But yeah, like I said, he, he seems happy. he gets you know lighter on his feet, just having a good time. Having you back out here, I'm sure it was tough being hurt for a year and missing it. Um, that's not easy on your on your mental, uh, your mental health. So um, I think he's just we're all we're all enjoying it. We all know, we all know we're old. We all know we're getting you know, I'd be old last year. You know, Pouncy and I were getting old too. I mean, so who knows what's gonna happen? So it's a uh, think we're all just trying to try enjoy it the most we can. Thanks, Anini. Thanks
0: everyone.
1: That was Steelers uh, former All-Pro and uh, Pro Bowl offensive lineman uh, David DeCastro uh, running us through a lot of different things. At the you know, been in camp, been in camp a week now. They're hard to believe. talk to us every week he should uh he's he is day, a great talker right. uh just really lays it out there for you and, and Smart, gives you thoughtful his, answers yeah yeah right all that all that good stuff he's one of the guys i do make sure that i talk to every week in the locker room just to kind of get the pulse of the team no, i don't blame you and you know even if we are we may not even be on the record we'll just stand yeah, there and yeah. talk about stuff and yeah he gives you a pretty good uh,
2: won the chief award right yes yes yeah.
1: cam's won it he's won it has won it. i mean these are guys that you go to to to, as I mentioned, get the pulse of the team.
2: Yeah, right, right. And, you know, he's not divulging secrets or anything, but he's being honest, and, you know, I think there's a lot of leadership involved with that. Yeah, know, that yeah,
1: for them. sure. Anyways, that's going to do it for our uh, this version of The uh, of the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Stay tuned right here uh, for Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes. They'll be following us up here. Uh, but for Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site, I'm Dale Lally. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Drive.